Luke chapter 9, we'll start at verse 57 this morning. Luke 9, verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us as Christ went about teaching and preaching that occasionally some would follow him and say, Lord, let me be one of your disciples. I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now that's a large statement. That's an extremely great commitment. And Christ tried to explain to these that came the cost of discipleship. He said, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. He said, you better understand the commitment before you follow me. And another one said, Lord, I'd like to follow you, but let me first go and bury my father. Now, this sounds like a cruel statement when Christ says, let the dead bury the dead, go and preach the kingdom of God. But simply stated, Christ is trying to make a point, and that point is it's not going to be easy following Christ. Man has a tendency to look back, and then he addresses that issue in verse 62 by saying, Jesus said to him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back. Now look at the next phrase. That man is not even fit for the kingdom of God. Those are harsh words. But Christ is trying to make a point here for us not to look back. And I want to preach on the sin of looking back this morning because we too often have the tendency to put our hands on the plow and take a look back. Now, there's a lot of ways that we do this. One of the most common ways are those that look back with extreme guilt at their past sins, and it keeps them from ever enjoying victory in the Christian life. And I believe part of this command is not looking back. Once you've put your hand to the plow, once you've decided to follow Christ, you have to understand you have been totally forgiven. Aren't you glad for 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Now, a bigger issue is this. is not whether or not God will forgive us, but whether or not we can forgive ourselves. And too many times you'll find Christians late at night tossing and turning and unable to sleep because they're rehashing, reliving the sins of their past. And let me just say this. If it was ugly the first time, why relive it? If it was that awful, if it was that terrible, if it was that horrific, why go back in your mind and relive the pain of that sin over and over again? It's under the blood. And I don't think any Christian has the right to stick his hands back in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and dig around for your old sins 
15, 20, 25 years ago. And I've talked to people, listen, 30 years ago, they're still bringing up a sin that was committed. Preacher, you know, you just don't understand. I'd like to do right. I'd like to follow Christ. I'd like to be used of God. And you can. And God still wants to use you. But he can't use you as long as you're, you're allowing Satan to beat you over the head with the same old stick, the stick of your past. At some point, you have to say, you know what? God has forgiven those things, and I guarantee you if you mention those things to God, he's going to say exactly what we sing in that song, what sins are you talking about? You have to do yourself a favor. Put your hands on the plow and say, I know there are things in my past that I may never forget, but thankfully they have been forgiven and God can still use me. God still wants to use me, but he can't use me as long as I keep turning back, looking back and trying to grab those sins. And let me say this, do your family a favor, do your mate a favor, do your friends a favor. Don't be putting your hand in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ trying to dig out their sins either. Amen? They're deep in the blood. They're in the depths of the sea as far as the east is from the west. How many of you are thankful for that? How many of you got saved and part of your joy as a new Christian was knowing that as soon as you got down on your knees, you repented of your sins, you confessed, you cried out to the Lord, you understood your sins have been nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. Now they're forgiven, they're forgotten. God doesn't think about them, God doesn't remember them, God cannot recall them. But boy, you sure do have a great memory, precise when it comes to your past. And occasionally about the time you want to step out, you want to do something, you want to see God do something in your life, here comes Satan with that stick and uh, says, you remember your past? And you do. And down you go. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Can you, can you imagine Paul said this in Philippians 3? Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth. Now, we're, we are talking about, you got to understand, the man that penned those words, the man that the Holy Spirit used to write that chapter, he was a murderer. He went into churches, beat Christians, pulled out not just men, but women and children. He put Christians in chains, jailed them. He watched as some were stoned to death. Now that could beat you up. Whether or not he got saved, whether or not he knew he was forgiven. Listen, if he didn't understand this principle of forgetting those things which are behind, he could have laid at night in bed and been tormented and haunted by his past. He could have said the people I hurt and the cause of Christ that I brought damage to and those things that I did as an unsaved man. I can never be used of God, but he was used of God. You know why? He didn't live his life looking back. At some point, he had to release his past, move forward, say, I'm not going to live that way. But I don't really think in this day and age that that is the most common form of looking back. I'm going to preach primarily this morning on the most common form that I see in 2013. Americans are very nostalgic. How many of you have been to Cracker Barrel? Now, I know you don't go there for the food. For the, the food is absolutely horrendous. 
I mean, you cook it till it's done, and then you keep cooking another 30 minutes. And then once it becomes mush, you serve it on a plate. Let's see, you have cornbread, salad that a rabbit wouldn't eat. But it reminds you of the good old days. You walk in and you remember, oh, we used to milk the cows. You didn't have that same spirit when you used to milk the cows. Oh, we used to pump water from the... Yeah, when you were out there at 5.30 and, and the snow was blowing, your hand was stuck to that pump, you didn't have the same smile on your face. Don't tell me about uh, Mama's homemade pancakes because you know Aunt Jemima's are a thousand times better. Yeah, you don't have to go to the old mill and grind the wheat. You pick a box out of the cupboard and you add milk and thank God you don't have to go find wood and light a fire. You turn on an electric stove and two minutes later it's hot and three minutes later you're serving pancakes and there is nothing better. Listen, that honey would get so hard you'd have to chip it. You'd have to chip it out of that old can to, to put it on top of that, that uh, pancake. And now you just take that lovely syrup bottle and you, you bathe it, amen. You bury it in, in syrup. And then you, you, you take your finger and you, you, you take that last drip and you touch it to your tongue and that's heavenly man. And you say, thank God, thank God. But no, you're nostalgic. You're going back to 50 years ago telling us about what kind of a wonderful life that was. I'm just not believing you. Now here's what we do. We have these things in our minds and, and God's given us an amazing mind that's allowed us to forget all the bad things in the past. All we remember is the good of the past and the bad of today. Uh, and that's hurting today. Because we've, we've believed this lie and people say, oh, wouldn't you like to be a kid again? Wouldn't you like to be a teenager again? No, no. You say, well, preacher... Everything is changed. Life, life is change. Nothing stays the same. This morning as I was walking out of the house, I walked down that hallway where my wife has put up all those pictures. She put up our wedding picture, and I looked at that wall and thought, who in the world did she put on our wall? That was me. I have a hard time believing that. That's about 50 pounds ago. I actually had hair back then. Fewer wrinkles. But life changes and things change. And you, you talk about the good old days. As if everything was perfect in 1960. Do you remember who was president? Do you remember all those people getting together and doing drugs? Do you remember the Vietnam War? Everything was not the way you explain it to your kids in the 60s. Yeah. If you had the good old days, would you really trade your Levi's for corduroys again? Would you trade... Your dual cab diesel truck for your 82 station wagon, Brother Ernest, don't tell me about the good old days. Yeah, when you were poor, you were broke, you, you were digging around in the, the seat of your car, the mattresses of your couch, trying to come up with 50 cents to buy a gallon of gas. The good old days. Well, gas was only 50 cents a gallon. You only made four bucks an hour. Don't tell me about 50 cents a gallon. Your memory's lying to you. You had a hard mattress, no AC, living penny to penny. Amen. Oh, back then the doctors were cheap. 
Yeah, they used to use a hacksaw to do surgery. They give you a bottle of whiskey and say, suck it up and be a man, as they amputated your leg. That doesn't sound like the good old days to me. Some of you don't like the fact that pastor's here to connect you to reality. I'm just telling you what, it's, it's amazing you have these kids, you know, when they're little, I just want to be in kindergarten, I just want to go to school, I just want to be in sixth grade, I can't wait till I get to junior high, I, 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 I want to be in high school, I want to be a senior, I want to graduate. Every, every moment, they can't even enjoy it because they're looking forward to the next moment. They're talking about my birthday, when's your birthday? It's about my birthday. Christmas and my birthday are real close to each other. Son, it is February. I know, but I still know what I want. They're, they're living for tomorrow, and then they can't wait to get a job. They can't wait to get a car, and then they can't wait to get married. And then they get married, they want to be a kid again. <laughs> Suddenly, they want to hit rewind. You, you know why you have kids dropping out of college, quitting college? Because they want to be a teenager again. They, want to have, they, they don't want responsibility. They don't want obligations. They don't want bills. They don't like the price of gas. They want a car, but then when they see the insurance and the gas and the maintenance and everything else involved, they change their mind. They don't realize in this day and age, you get a car, you become a taxi cab driver for everyone that lives within five miles. And suddenly they're talking about the good old days. Oh, we do it on a church level. I want to laugh. Oh, preacher, the good old days, capital city, you know, back in the, yeah, back in the day, you were baptizing in Zilker Park at 830 in the morning. Imagine if we tried that again, the good old days. Well, next Sunday, we're going to go to Zilker Park. You're going to go to Zilker Park. I ain't going to Zilker Park. <laughs> Pastor, we used to do home Bible studies. Yeah, try to take this crowd to your house and do a Bible study. Tell me how that works. Yeah, the good old days, you used to sit in church for three hours. You used to listen to announcements for 45 minutes. <laughs> I can't even go that long preaching before I lose half my crowd. Don't tell me about the good old days. I mean, we get to listen to Glory Bound and Miss Kim and a million other good singers. The good old days meant the Wilsons sing and all fly away. <laughs> Which would embarrass the people in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, the good old days. Do you remember what this building used to look like in the good old days? Yeah, yeah, your, me your memory is lied to you. Telling me about the good old days. We got the good new days. Your mind's playing tricks on you, and all you remember is those few good moments. Yeah, my mind does the same thing. Oh, I love laughing. I, I love spending time with Pastor Ben and Pastor Jeremy, these, these guys that I grew up with. Listen, we have stories, but the memory of that story is much better than the day itself. Wouldn't you like to go back and relive? No, absolutely not. I don't want to go back to eating falafel for breakfast and seven grain cereal for lunch. No, thank you. I'll pass on that. You know, you know what I like? I don't like hunting as much as I like the memory of hunting. Oh, listen, there, there's nothing like hunting uh, 10 years later. I guarantee you, you will enjoy the memory of today much more than you'll enjoy today because your memory will lie to you about today. Oh, Christopher, he has this deer rack on his wall and he says, Oh, Dad, you remember we went hunting? We sit down and we laugh about that and talk about that. Do you want to relive that moment? Oh, Pastor Jeremy was there. 
Oh, we're out there in the country. Christopher's running around, hits a, a fence and puts a hole right in his leg with a piece of rebar. The next morning we wake up, 5 o'clock. It's snowing in Texas. It's 30 degrees out. He's dragging his leg over to the deer blind. How many ever tried to skin a deer, gut a deer when it's 30 degrees out? You drag it, you hang it, your hands are freezing. At the moment you're sitting in a deer blind and it's 30 degrees, are you out of your mind? Waiting for it to become light and for some deer to poke his head out so you can blast it in the heart, cut it open? Yeah. You like the memory much more than the event. And here's what your memory does. You know, we were out there in the woods, man. We shot a 200-pounder. Yeah, if it's a Texas deer, it weighs about 80 pounds before it's dressed out. <laughs> but your memory told you, yeah, we dragged that thing 387 yards. First of all, if it weighs 80 pounds, you don't have to drag it. You just put it on one hand and carry it back to the house. <laughs> Wait till 20 years later. 20 years later, this buck with a 30-inch spread came out through the wood. Man, it nearly blinded me. The size of its rack took away my breath. Some of you aren't laughing. You know why? Because you're there. Everybody I talk to is telling me about yesterday. Why, why don't you come live Sunday, March 3rd, February 2013? Why don't you come live today with us today? Today is the best day you have. Today is the best day of your life. You keep living in the past, it'll keep you from enjoying the future. Listen, you're messing up the memory of tomorrow because you refuse to live today. You don't have yesterday. You can't change yesterday. Enjoy the memory, but it's a lie. You were never that thin. I hear women say, oh, when I got married, I was 113 pounds. I want to say, you were never 113 pounds. We honestly, we are ruining today by glorifying yesterday. Did you know yesterday had just as many problems as today has? You just don't remember them. Man, if you could go back in a time capsule and relive 20 years ago, you'd be in such a hurry to get out and come back to today and enjoy your comfort. Yeah, did you forget uh, yesterday didn't include a cell phone, a computer, an iPad, an iPod? Yeah. Couldn't check up on your kid, didn't have the internet, couldn't surf the web, couldn't go to Google Plus or Facebook. Thank God. I have people ask me, you want to go to Steak and Shake? No, I don't want to go to Steak and Shake. This is 2013. Why are you going to give me a lousy hamburger on a bar stool and charge me seven bucks for it? You out of your mind? You know why? We, we want to go back and relive... Uh, Yesterday, you know what? You were sour and sick and upset. You just remember. You talk about that Christmas. I have people tell me, do you remember the last Christmas with Dad? Yes, I remember the last Christmas with Dad. He's laying in a chair. He can barely move. He looks like he's about ready to die. He's fussing at the kids. They say, wasn't that a beautiful Christmas? Yeah, Christopher shot Steve in the head with a BB gun. Pastor Ben ran over a dog and took the flesh right off its back. And yeah, that was a fabulous Christmas. You don't remember nothing. Oh, tell me about a fabulous Christmas. 
That was the worst Christmas of my life. And we got people walking around saying, wasn't that a beautiful Christmas? No. You lie to yourself. No man having put his hand to the plow. Are you excited about yesterday? No, I'm excited about today. You know what we do? We look back and we glorify yesterday. Why don't you pull, yeah, why don't you pull some pictures out of this church? You were walking around in bell bottoms, a tie that was six inches wide. These ladies had hair that was ten inches high on their head. You like the memory of it because your mind picks out the best parts. Back then, you still got sick. You messed with the flu. You stubbed your toe. You didn't make enough money. You had problems in your marriage. Kids that were disobedient. But no, 20 years later, my kids were always good. You want me to tell you what Danny was like when he was eight years old? I grew up with that boy. I'll tell you the truth. Miss Simpson can't remember. She can't remember yesterday. She's going to tell you about what Danny was when he was 10 years old. You say, that's not what Christ was talking about. It sure is because he's saying, let me go back to the house. Let me say goodbye. Let me remember one more time. Let me, let me capture in my mind. I don't have a picture. I don't have a cell phone. I, I, I want to remember the past and enjoy. And Christ said, let the dead bury the dead. Let someone else say farewell. Follow me, he that had put his hand to the plow, and look it back, is not fit for the kingdom. And boy, we, we are messing up our marriages, we're messing up our kids, we're messing up our lives. And Satan is playing with our minds because we are so convinced that 1983, 1976, 1995 was the best year of my life. My memory makes it the best moment of your life that you have today. Amen. God wants to use you today. and You can be a blessing to someone today, and you can win a soul today. And you actually have today to work with. You say, well, if I could go back there, I'd be 40 pounds lighter. Yet you'd be a whole lot less intelligent, a whole lot less experienced, a whole lot less respected, and then would come the reality of how you really lived and you'd mess up all, all the good memories that you had. Exodus chapter 16. Exodus 16. Children of Israel are leaving Egypt. They no sooner got to the Red Sea. Listen, they had just left. We're talking barely gotten their shoes and their bags and their goods and their children out of Egypt where they're in bondage, where they were suffering on a level that most of us will never know. Slavery, hunger, whips, cruelty. And as soon as they get out there, listen, as soon as they get to the Red Sea, they're clamoring to go back. As soon as they cross the Red Sea, one step out into the desert, look what it says in chapter 16, verse 1, they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sim which is between Elam and Sinai in the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the children of Israel said to them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots. You are flesh pots. What are you talking about? Sitting with your friends and your family? What in the world are you talking about? We sat by the flesh pots like they just had bread and despair. They just turned around and there was... 
there were the steaks cooked on the grill and the mashed potatoes prepared for them. They'd get off work and they'd go straight home and all the food would be out on the table like a Thanksgiving feast. They had so lost their minds, the next time they complained, they're talking about the leeks and the garlics and the watermelons. Oh, that's quite the meal. Hey, you want to come over and eat with us? Sure. What are we having? Leeks, garlics, and watermelon. Have you ever had a leak in your life? I'm not talking about your plumbing. I'm talking about <laughs> you ate what they were referring to in Exodus. I don't know if I've ever... Now, with all the things my mother served me, I'm sure at some point she tortured me with a leak. But I promise you this. I never sat down and said, Mom, it's my birthday. Would you go ahead and do me a favor of serving up some watermelon, some garlics, and some leeks? But you know what they're talking about? Egypt? You know what was happening to you when you were in Egypt? They were taking your babies and they were throwing them in the Nile River? Go back to Exodus chapter 4. You can find out about Egypt in any of these chapters. Actually, let's go to... Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. Exodus 6, 9. Moses spake unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses. Why? For the anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. They were living as slaves every day, waking up to the whips of the Egyptians, making those cities for Ramses. Pharaoh was using them to build his monuments. Suddenly, as soon as they cross over the Red Sea, listen, let me ask you this. When they're sitting here begging for the food that they had in Egypt, they were literally eating heaven's food. Their murmuring, their complaining was about heavenly provisions. I want to trade something that has all the nutrients to sustain me 40 years in the wilderness for watermelon and garlic. You have forfeited today by trying to relive yesterday and you cannot relive yesterday and yesterday was not as pleasant and not as perfect as you think it was. But whatever the case, God has given you today and God has given you your family. God has given you your ministry and Satan is trying to get you to look back and every time you go to put your hand on the plow, which you can't even do because you're looking back, you cannot plow looking back. You've got to plow looking forward. And women, let me tell you something. This is normally not the sin of men. This is normally the sin of women. Women are much more nostalgic than men are. Men are normally looking to press forward, but women have the tendency to commit the sin of looking back and trying to relive. Why were they murmuring? Because in their minds, their memory had lied to them. You had it so good in Egypt, you were, you were literally crying out on your faces before God saying, deliver us from this place, deliver us from this situation. And just months later, you're saying, oh, to God, if we could just go back. To what? To slavery? Go back to bondage? Go back to leeks? Go back to garlics? Go back to building pyramids? Go back to waking up early, being beaten with a whip? Go back to what? Your memories lie to you, and because your memories lie to you, you keep looking back. God says you have today plow, plow, plow. 
Well, you know, the dirt wasn't this hard and the air wasn't this musty and the horse wasn't this awful and the crop was much better 10 years ago. <laughs> you were complaining about the same dirt and the same horse and the same crop 10 years ago. I would like to pick people up and just put them 15 years back and say, you get to stay there for a month. Man, they'd be beating on that little time capsule. <laughs> Pastor, I changed my mind, changed my mind. <laughs> Number three, you want to know how we look back? We look back with a grieving heart over the things that we left behind for Jesus' sake. Now, this is the one that turns my stomach. Those that are nostalgic and they look back and always talk about yesterday, there's so many. I just want to connect them to reality. But this next group, literally, I, I have a real hard time with this next group. Those that talk about what they gave up to serve Jesus. Looking back at this world, Looking back at the things they left behind. Looking back as if they had a financial potential to be a millionaire without Jesus. Looking back because family. And listen, folks, let me, let me just illustrate this so everyone can have a visual picture. How many of you can say all of my family, my immediate family and all of my, my grandparents and aunts and uncles, my family's all saved, born again, and they support me 100% in the work of God. If, if you have family like that, go ahead and raise your hand. Oh, really? No one. So you're not alone. The devil's lied to you. He said, I am the only one that has to face family. All the friends that I gave up, once I got, those weren't friends. If they were truly friends, they wouldn't have turned on you and looked at you like that. Suddenly when you're picking up a Bible, changing your life, throwing away alcohol, giving up smoking, and trying to put your marriage together, why is that such an awful thing that cost you a friendship? How little we gave up and how much we got in return. Man, I'm telling you what, I am living the dream. I tell my kids all the time, well, we are living the dream. It... The, the food we eat and the churches that we visit and the people that we know and the friends that we have, uh, the cars that we drive and the, uh, the nice mattresses that we sleep on, we are living the dream. But Satan has played with your mind. Convince you, you don't have enough to be happy. Here is the problem in all of this. He that put his hand to the plow and looketh back, what did Christ say? They had no sooner stepped out by faith to follow the Lord Jesus Christ that they're already looking back. They're already wanting to go back. They're already turning back. And he said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not even fit for the kingdom of heaven. Now, how do we look back? I think we just about covered every base this morning because some of you looking back, you keep looking back, trying to put your hand in the blood and pull out those sins of the past. Just about the time you're ready to do something for God, find yourself with your hands back in the blood, digging around for those old sins. You just can't enjoy victory. Because you remember what you did. 
as a teenager. You remember what you did as a college student. You remember what you did before you got saved. You remember what you did after you got saved. Satan's convinced you there's no way in this world. Can you imagine if God could only use perfect people? Wow. We'd have churches with no pastor. Sunday schools with no teacher. Junior church with no preachers. Club ministry with no leaders. Aren't you glad that God uses flawed, imperfect people that have sinned in the past, will sin in the future, and God says, I still love you, forgive you, and I can still use you. Now, don't get in a hurry to go sin, but you ought to get in a hurry to enjoy God's forgiveness and say, God can still use me. Primarily, I'm trying to talk to a crowd this morning that's been caught up in this wave, uh, listen, of nostalgic behavior, and, and you're going to sit on a couch and watch uh, uh, Leave It to Beaver, and I Love Lucy reruns. When I was a kid, we used to have a farmhouse and chickens. I thank God I can go to Walmart. I don't have to go to any chicken coop. And by the way, I hate Cracker Barrel. And I'm not going to be looking back, swooning over what I had yesterday. And I'm going to tell you a secret. My wife is better looking today than she was 20 years ago. And I am much better looking today than I was <laughs> 20 years ago. He puts his hand at the plow and looks back. That man is not fit for the kingdom of God. 